Welcome to Kevin and Tanisha Mix It Up. Today we have with us on the podcast Akila Culver, who is my sister cousin, and Alex Culver, who is her husband. I'm super excited to have them on the podcast today because the topic that they're going to be um, sharing is something that is near and dear to my heart because it is applicable to how we became sister cousins and um, I truly admire their drive and aspirations to be what we're going to be talking about today. So that's a lot of mystery. I know, right? Is it good? It's not good. No, it's good. So, um, I'm super excited. And Kevin, got anything to say? I don't know. I just asked you to pause. I didn't ask you to introduce me. Oh. <laughs> And this is my cousin, my cousin Kevin. <laughs> Every time I say I'm super excited, I get a look. So because he doesn't even talk like that, I talk like that. I'm so super excited to have my sister here today. I am. Um, yeah. Well, I'm excited too. I uh, am excited mainly because uh, not only are they sister cousins and in brother-in-laws and all that good stuff. Uh, but they're, I would consider them really good friends of ours. Um, we do a lot together and uh, definitely always look forward to spending uh, time with them. Yeah, the company. So uh, this is just an extension of really conversations that we've already had on uh, maybe individual like levels. Uh, but I don't know that we've ever had this conversation, uh, all four of us. So. Uh, we really thought today, uh, we really thought for this episode specifically, or this podcast, that um, their their story and their journey uh, will bring, like, shed light on uh, just something that I don't think is talked about a lot. It's um, definitely not talked about a lot in the African-American community. Yeah, so, um, and this not only, like Tanisha alluded to, like, not, not only is it a journey that they're uh, having right now, but um, something that she personally went through as well in a very similar uh, situation. So uh, it is a it is an interesting uh, what is it what is it called like uh, an interesting spiral a web of an uh, interesting web of events. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, you got to on your own. I, um, so our. Dogs is wildin', but um, that's their life. We got kid sitters, uh, but we don't have dog sitters, so we should have just <laughs> we should have just took the dogs over there too and left Imani. Imani would have left them. Oh my yeah, god, let her figure it out. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think I think it's gonna be something that if you don't know someone that if you're not currently dealing with this situation or can relate to it, you know someone that ha- can and would benefit from maybe hearing this episode. Um, so I guess what would be the best way to introduce it? Though we, we have an audience of people that some we know really well and some we don't know at all. Shout out to you guys for listening and watching this podcast, the people that we don't know personally, because you want to talk about super excited. That's super dope. So thank everyone i just want to thank everyone for tuning in and uh for anybody listening for the first time please go ahead and like 
subscribe, share this with somebody uh, that you love or like if you like it. Um, but for everybody, for all of our audience, they don't know them, you know, like pretty much. So uh, the best way so, to introduce them is to yeah, let them so, share themselves. So <laughs> how did, so let, yeah, tell us a little bit about yourselves. How did you, um, how did you meet? How did you continue your relationship? Like if some, if you had to give the elevator speech on your relationship and marriage of the last, what, seven years, eight, nine, how many years Ten. is it? Ten years yeah. of your relationship. Give the elevator speech right now. Go. <laughs> no pressure. Uh, well, it's funny because uh, me and uh, Junior, me and Keela both have different origin stories of how we met because I met her junior year, but she met me senior, I'm sorry, sophomore year, but she met me junior year. That's uh, her story. Yeah, that's that's her story. I'm sticking to it. And she's sticking to it. <laughs> uh, I chased and I chased to no avail. She's like, am I interested? Not interested. Um, but we we kept a good friendship over that time. So Wait, junior year? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Alex's story seems more correct. Mm-hmm. And you never Kilo's. said nothing? I wasn't interested. Yeah, she's like, wow. I, I can't have a boyfriend at this time. Because what did she have? What did you have going on? And I, I, didn't, I thought that she was lying. Okay. She was telling the truth, too, because I couldn't even imagine what a boyfriend at that time for you as a junior. <laughs> There's such a gate as a 23-year-old that... So, yeah, no. Um, but no, so uh, what prom is when we kind of decided... Yes. Like right, yeah, literally like right, before right before prom. prom That's definitely the first time we met you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so Never right. saw you or I think maybe even known about you. But I went on a first date with him before prom. Including uh, Kai Benford Sr. Yes. Oh, he went with yes. you. Yes. Your he father. did. He yeah. had his, um, scene, like his little uh, class reunion. And we just had to be in that, that space, that vicinity. Because what was it? Um. Dave, Dave, not David as a junior uh, as a junior some game plays that Easton at that time I think. Yeah, K- okay, like that. Yeah. yeah that was there and you know he's like texting me like hey where are you hurry up come around and then like so I had to stay within that arcade area I mean we saw a movie yeah but other than that I had to like come right back his he, presence was very much with us that yeah. entire night wow and I'm sure it's been with you ever since that <laughs> night yes in some way or another yes wow. Yes, very much so. So, boom, y'all met in high school, like us, kind of. Y'all went to the same school, went to prom, and for a first, like, for a beginning of a high school relationship to be, like, at prom, it seems a little bit different than your average, like, high school love story right like that was the end of high school yeah very much so because right after we graduated uh there's a small summer and then we go our separate ways yeah. in different cities so that was very different so what cities did you guys go to you went to oxford ohio i was like i was like miami university <laughs> miami university we let's say miami ohio yeah miami ohio <laughs> I went there. Oh, shit. I've been there before, good. Yeah, and I was uh, three hours away in Bowling Green. So um, for someone with shoddy vehicle, it was kind of far away, or at least seemed far away, because 
that you committed to the relationship. Mm -hmm. You guys were together all through college. Mm -hmm. You guys went to a whole other country, not together. But but wound up there together. Just so happened to be together in a different part of the world. Yeah. Tell us about that. Uh, what, nine hours away when we were in uh, in Italy. I was in Rome. You were in uh, Torino. Just about. Um, yeah. So we visited two times. She took a train up to see me. I took a train up to see her three times because I flew out to um, Cagliari. Yep. So three times. Um, but, I mean, we we both had two different college experiences, but we experienced them together. It, it was weird to kind of say it that way but we were in two different places but we weren't it kind of felt i like it that way just because like as individuals you get to grow and experience um like college all those you have your own choices not really be like together in those moments Mm -hmm. so like i enjoyed it because i had like to be able to grow on my own in those Mm -hmm. moments so Hmm. yeah that's that seems totally your style i know that's the thing i always tell tanisha about y'all's relationship is when i'm uh i like to um analyze everyone else's relationship and not talk about my own (laughs) so what i tell her like y'all's whole situation fit you i just feel like as a as you were growing and um experiencing life and learning who you were and whatever to have to have somebody but to not have somebody all in your space like she yeah like he was not very well i can't speak to how well she's not very affectionate (laughs) that's very true so i felt like it was a safe way to introduce a relationship yeah it's my first one yeah yeah well your first and only yeah and i think that that was kind of like Cause she, you never had anybody. Like we, nope. we were skeptical about very skeptical where you were in the alphabet. Was. Like we, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we weren't sure I where she was. Asked him to ask me, like, so she do you no like, interest. do you like boys? People? I'm you like, like people? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do, you like, do you like humans? Tanisha, is there anything I should be worried about? I should know. Go Tanisha cousin. I said shoe. I said shoe. Um. So I, I was like, I was just great to know that you had someone, like honestly, um, and that it was able to be, you were able to speak about it and be comfortable in sharing because you're not one also to share. That is great. So, yeah. So hitting the fast forward button even more, boom, 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 you guys get married and through this whole relationship, through this whole time of you know, getting to know each other, moving back into the same city, now seeing each other every other day, every, you know, every day, whatever that looks like. Um, And then you get married. At what point in all of that, like, did you got, when did you start having a conversation about like what marriage looks like, what life looks like? Was that early on? Was that later after you were more comfortable did you think you were going to get married? I honestly never saw myself married, but um, Me I'm, yeah. Can so like, <laughs> I mean, we had the conversation <laughs> honest, like early on, just because I was curious. I mean, that's essentially 
what it was. I thought it was like a natural progression. Like people get married, but I didn't yeah. know what marriage was. That's why I wasn't trying to push for it because no one in my family had been married. So it's not like something I saw. Wait, what? No one in my f- and on my side of the family had been married besides my my grandparents. That's wild. And okay. so I I didn't know. Where on, but on her behalf, you know, everyone gets married. And so I, I, we had two different views of what that meant yeah. and what that would set up, what that setup would be. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, we should just move in together. And she I'm saw that completely different up. than, yeah, she would call it shacking up. I'm not like, shacking up. up. We don't shack up. I'm like, shack, no, we just, it makes sense for we two spend adults. The night. We, we don't shack up. Like, <laughs> so. I ain't never spent the night with you. I, okay. Oh, no, I guess I did. <laughs> <laughs> I know a lot. No. <laughs> Now. We're hitting the fast forward button <laughs> into the. It's all it's confusing. It all, you know, it, it all like blends together after a while. So that's interesting. So you're like, okay, well, but why did you think that was a natural progression, even though that wasn't something you've seen in your family? Something I seen on TV. Okay. Fresh Prince. Yeah, I mean, like in the last season of a show, you know, they've been with whomever for so long, and then oh, they get married. So. I guess I thought that's what would naturally happen next. Okay. Yeah, that was the goal. I mean, yeah. And you're... So, was your whole point of a relationship, the end goal was always marriage or no? Yes. You, even though you said you didn't see yourself getting married, once you decided, I'm in this relationship, that's the end goal. Yes. So, now you're married and at, like you're... You're talking about marriage or you when do when does the conversation about, you know, we definitely, you know, see ourselves having kids arise. When does that happen? Because for us, I mean, we I think we named our son when we were 17. Uh, he had a different name yeah, than he does now. It was uh, Trey Kwan. No, yeah. Yes, it was. It was, was. It was Tyshawn. 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 And we wisely moved away from. Praise I appreciate Jesus. that. Uh, I appreciate that. No disrespect to any Shawns or Ties or Kwans. <laughs> yeah, we, we moved away from the all the Ty insert whatever yeah, name here. Yeah. Um, but we named our kid. Wait, like that's. I mean, we did talk on the phone for six hours every Saturday and two hours. They every... did too. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, we talked about, we had uh, little Timmy. Yep, Tim. Oh, that's awful. Yeah. No. I don't know why. Bear, right? Or a, or a blanket? Yeah, you had Sunny. A blanket. You act like, what? Well, I've never bought you a gift before. Right. I remember See. carrying on some kind of bear or something. Which one? I mean, I mean, it is a bear. One? I'm like... Well, yeah, the one, one that Gavin stole. Yeah, but that's a different one. Uh-huh. That was a different oh, one. So, so I'm was, like, which one? I thought that was the one he got you. Uh-uh. Uh, that was so hilarious. I thought, I'm like, what is wrong? Like, why is she so attached to this little bear? Like, <laughs> why can't my baby son just have this little bear that he fell in love with? And he was like, like no, you're giving me back <laughs> this dog. You're giving me back this stuffed animal. I don't care what. We're going to fight. That's funny. So we had to go to Build-A-Bear and spend $45. On a bear. Oh, that sounds awesome. It is does his own not. bear? It's a Gavin. He loved yours. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, we, uh, I, I don't know. I think we guess we kind of talked about uh, kids, but I guess not in a serious sense. Like, I knew that I, all the men in my family also have four kids. They might be illegitimate, but... At some form or fashion, uncle, father, cousins, everyone has four kids. Yeah. Uh, so I 
another again kind of following a natural process i'm gonna have four kids when you know down I the line i never wanted four just four. Four. no Jeez. i never wanted four no and i was i was naive <laughs> i was naive at that time four kids jesus it's it's funny now it, it's hilarious now yeah but uh no then i was i was serious one kid and one dog is enough huh all right so <laughs> along the the process you know you have i think family and, and friends all wondering the same things right like as soon as you're in a relationship i think you have family members that are like are they going to get married? Is this going to be the one? Like as an adult when you're in a relationship. I feel like in our family, would you say that it's kind of like we were always kind of like to a default condition to think that you date to get married. Mm-hmm. And once you date and you're, you're dating for so long, then you get married. Mm-hmm. Where, you don't date around. Where I now, being an adult, I think... Sometimes you can date to find the perfect person to marry. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. everyone you date mm-hmm. is going to be the person you need to be with for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's kind of, would you agree? Like, would you say that that's kind of... I agree. So for me, I'm like, oh, she about to marry him. I don't know what that's going to look like, but she's going to marry him. And so... And you say that because we didn't really know how... Yeah. Like, even though even though they were together for five years i don't think i really knew alex until, until they, they got, got married. married yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like it's interesting no, we're not there so. sometimes but i just remember him coming to the door like mr benford <laughs> mr benford and i would be <laughs> like oh that must be for keila like so like but we never connected to you and we understood that because you were there for her you know like yeah that makes sense you were courting her at that time so that makes sense yeah i was like what (laughs) he got a car he got a job so (laughs) and he He got a a twitter name right (laughs) get a twitter name (laughs) so Uh, yeah i think that that was kind of one of the things where we were like okay this might be something for keila so after you guys got married, like, I know for us, it's one of those things where, especially in church and at home, you would say it was like, I got married. And then a month later, I was pregnant. Like I was, I didn't was mean, getting through it. I was, well, I was in there like swimwear. No, I messed up on my birth control. Please stop. So <laughs> damn, I, so I think that that was Damn, like, was and then clutch. that was the same thing that happened to mom. Like, as soon as she got married, she had you. Yeah. Um. So I think that kind of set the precedence for our family. Yes. Um. How do you think that that kind of, being newly married, were you guys even like, okay, now it's time to have kids, or were you like, let's just enjoy being, being fresh newly married let's go get tacos on a tuesday like enjoy a random yeah it's probably a mixture of both right yeah like uh because you we because everyone says oh just take like a year and get to know each other enjoy it so we were kind of listening to that but then pretty soon after we got married we were like you know if it happens it happens okay so it was like a hybrid yeah okay but like I think in the back, I'm definitely expecting it to happen though. Mm. You know? Did you? 
Yeah, just because like everyone just popped up pregnant all the time. It's like, oh, okay, so it's just I might be just fertile and it might just happen. But yeah. it's just like over time, it's just like, well, okay, well, it's not just popping up, it's not just happening. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, okay, well, maybe it's me. You know, like your family's like, okay, so when's the baby coming? Mm. Baby coming? And you felt that pressure. Like yes, you've had those like, conversations like a lot of early pressure. on. Yeah, and I was like, well, if it's in the Lord's will, it will happen. And if it's in the Lord's will. And I kept saying a lot. And just like months. And then turns like a year, I'm saying the same thing. At that point, like I'm in denial. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, I'm just putting on a front. Right. And then I'm like, oh, I don't I don't want any kids. I don't want any. And we're like, and even like working at a daycare. It's like, oh, kill it. Like, you're very good at good with kids. But it's just like, you don't want to be near them. And it's like, it's not, for me, it's like, it wasn't that. Maybe like a little protection thing. But mm-hmm. it's just like, well when is my turn because everyone else is like mm-hmm. having babies social media you can't scroll without seeing like a baby or a family mm-hmm. and um so we actually went to the next part to go get um checked out because they always assume it's the woman and it's just like okay well if i'm, I'm broken it's the first thing that will come to mind like oh man I'm like okay my sister was able to have a baby and mm-hmm. three had a baby mom had a baby like like that and everything just happening and then you're just like oh i had like a I had a couple of miscarriages, but you know, it was not, it's not too bad. Oh, your family, she, she had one too. So, you know, like it'll, it'll happen. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, well, when? Yeah. I rem- I will never forget that day. We, it was like some, I don't know. It was a dinner though. I don't know if it was like a holiday or just a random Sunday dinner. And I remember mom being like, nah we we don't we don't got no issues over here and i'm like mom you don't know you don't know that yeah like you don't know that yeah um so i i remember you going through that though you weren't at the place to share i could mm-hmm. feel it like i could feel something um because you know i'm very big on energy so. i think you two were the only like at least the first time that we expressed it outside of our marriage was to you two mm, i didn't know that Okay. Cause I, I I wasn't telling anybody. Okay. Um, and that's when I got Koa, cause Koa's an emotional support dog. And I remember that. Yeah. Your first brother's day, like, no, it's not. He was making that up. Like, no, I'm telling guys, I'm being serious. He is an emotional support dog. So you like, got Koa because I was feeling depressed. Okay. Okay. So you, so while all of these people, your friends, your family, they're, you know, they're it's naturally what people do. Mm-hmm. The, the first question is always or the question every weekend or every every time you get together with somebody is, you know, so when when are y'all having kids? Every time that question is asked is like another weight or another, you know, like, you know, something that's put on your shoulders to be like, dang, like, stop asking me this question. But at the same time. Nobody really knew what you guys were going through uh, because, I mean, again, I I don't think me and Alex, we didn't start a relationship really like until that conversation happened. Mm-hmm. Like it was always, what's up? How about them? You know, whatever. How about the Lakers? I'm not going to, I don't really care about the Steelers. So, um, but it was always very surface level. And then somehow we transitioned to having a conversation like, yeah, we're trying to have kids, but it ain't happening. Like we're going through this process. Um, when you did start that conversation, having that, was there any weight lifted off? Was there like, because I know initially, like 
when we found out that you guys were having infertility issues, there wasn't a, there wasn't a, like we, I don't think we knew like, oh, this was Keeler, this was Alex, or we didn't know, like, who it was, was just like y'all were trying for a long time, right. like y'all had been trying for a year, and nothing had happened, so you were pursuing, like trying to figure out what's going on. Also, I think this was like the start of um, if something's off between the two of us, or there's something wrong. We had always had this idea that like, we're not going to tell it to anybody, and infertility was like number one on that list. So, because mm. I remember, I remember telling you. And thinking like, dang, I got to tell Keela that I told Kevin because I wasn't supposed to say nothing, but it got out. Um, so blessing in disguise, but having that conversation with you kind of opened the floodgates of being open. And then because of that, I think it became a relief that I was able to actually tell people. And it wasn't like the secret that we're, yeah. it's in the Lord's will if it's in because mm-hmm. no one's supposed to know that we're struggling. Yeah. We're supposed to just play it off like, you know, we don't really care, but we do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're affected by it. So. See, and I knew, like, because Keela was like, yeah, he's, I don't, y'all were living in the apartment. And she, I was like, well, don't you have to pay a deposit for him? And she was like, no, I don't. And I was like, so you're a doctor approved? So I was like investigating and I was like probing. So you're doctor approved for it? So you, and then she was like, yeah, I don't have. And I'm like, so that means that he's an emotional support dog. And she was like, no, he's not an emotional support dog. I just wanted him. And I'm like, but if your doctor approved it, that means that he's emotional support. So what's wrong? And then she didn't talk to me for a week. So then I'm like, OK, something is wrong. Like, because that's her classic behavior when there's something. Oh, yeah. Wrong. Like that's a, everybody. Everybody could see like there was a point that shifted. Yeah. Where I don't know if it was a conversation that happened or I don't know when it was. There's a point that I maybe not everybody. And I, I want to take that back. That us. doesn't mean that something is wrong. Something was happening and she wasn't ready to share because there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. But yeah, I think, we could see it. Yeah. Something was happening and we have a very open. Well, I'm very open about where I am. No. <laughs> Clearly, you know, but that doesn't mean that everyone else is. And I have this way of expecting everyone else to be because I am. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, OK, <laughs> so I I knew something was happening, but I wasn't sure. And I was just like, whenever she's ready to share, she will share. But I will not stop probing because I know once I start probing, I will never get it because mm. um, I just. You know, I shared a room with her until I moved out. So. Yeah, long, long time. And I, yeah, I, I was, I had never been in that room. Yeah, of course not. Okay, proceed. Was never in there. Yeah. Um. But when you told me, like, I could, I, I witnessed, like, you, like, drop a weight. I, you know, yeah. like, it's like. I don't know. I don't know if you had shared with anybody else, but it was like, even if you hadn't, it was like somebody who knows both of us, who's close to it, like somebody else knows. Oh, my God. I've been waiting to get that off. What did that conversation look like when you did tell Keila that you shared it? I kind of don't remember it, but it was better than I thought it was going to be. Mm. Like you were kind of upset, but like. I think because of who I told, so not trusted. You were like, mm. oh, okay, fine, mm. all right, and then that then became like a conversation that you were able to have with her, and it kind of just like a, a snowball effect. And to, it goes to show the whole like emotional support dog thing. Like there's there's things that you don't say outside of your marriage, and that was mm-hmm. one of them. We were so secretive about everything. Mm-hmm. 
and it had no place because you know it just all it did was create conflicts mm-hmm. now, now i can't talk to people now i can't be honest with people you know yeah so and that's harder for you than it is for her well honestly like for this infertility it was so hard was it? it was so hard because really? i'm so open with you yeah so i'm like like i'm breaking like yeah. i'm like crying driving wow. breaking mm. I'm trying to cry now because like i was so mm. emotionally just like i can't do this by myself yeah i can't yeah and that's how i felt and that's when i just like I express it yeah i can't do it i, I do can't. yeah i remember when you told me i was just like i'm so happy <laughs> like i couldn't even ex- i was just like you're gonna be okay mm-hmm. you are going to be okay and i just knew that that right there was probably the biggest obstacle you have ever had to go through especially in silence yes um because yeah. you can only draw for so much like i was like <laughs> i knew i knew something was going <laughs> to happen it's only so many it's only so many crayons you can use you can only go to michael so many times before you've bought the whole store right i go oh, to hobby lobby <laughs> thank you <laughs> so i was just Unfortunately, I was waiting. I wasn't waiting for your breaking point. I was waiting for your willingness to release. Mm-hmm. If that makes like yeah, if that makes sense. sense. Um, and I was just like, I'm I'm not gonna stop. Like I'm just not gonna stop because I know this might sound cocky, but I know her and I know what she needs. Um, because she's my sister. So yeah, I remember you saying, you know, we're trying to fit, we're going to the doctor to have him to get testing mm-hmm. to possibly do some infertility oh like ivf ivf and oh she yeah. was like educating me on it to the point where i was like okay like i was researching stuff um just so i can be able to have the open dialogue mm-hmm. with her um instead of like see- seeking information seeking yeah. education i wanted to have a dialogue with her mm-hmm. um so and while you guys are having like having these conversations, what we haven't put out there yet is Keila was not the one struggling with infertility. Mm-hmm. So it was not Akila right. doing the treatments and things like that. Mm-hmm. What you guys found is that Alex was the one mm-hmm. having the infertility struggle. Mm-hmm. And like you alluded to, they assume it's always the girl. Mm-hmm. You know, they assume it's the woman. Mm-hmm. All of those assumptions, you guys probably had those conversations. Then you find out, oh no, it's not her, it's me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What what is that like, bruh? Uh, well, I mean, again, there's always there's a natural order. Mm. Um, I'm supposed to have four kids. I'm supposed to just shoot them out, you know. Mm. And even when we were seeking out specialists, you know, I'm like, all right, well, let's find a nice girl doctor that Kila will like, you know, because they'll be working closely together. Um, and I don't really know what prompted us to go see a neurologist, but um, I had no concerns going into it. And, you know, when he was saying all these things like, you know, you're uh, low testosterone. I can't even, um, you know, count. I don't even have a, a sperm count to give you and mm-hmm. saying all these things. And um, it, it didn't it didn't register with me. Mm. And, you know, especially early on in marriage, finding myself, finding myself in my marriage. Mm add insecurity into that and it didn't it didn't bode well for yeah. for us as a couple and then we're being secretive about it and then 
Um, so that by far, I mean, it could have all ended there because we we just we weren't at a good place in our communication and our our vulnerability, our honesty mm-hmm. with each other. Um, there were a lot of fights that were fueled by my own insecurities at that time, mm-hmm. and um, it it was it was really difficult. What was that like for you? Um, finding that out, mm-hmm. honestly, because at for for the beginning part till you found that out, did you take ownership of it, or were you just like, I don't know, what was that? I mean, it felt like it just brought us closer together. Mm. So like, um, I wasn't do like the blame game, like, oh no, like to see, it's all your fault. It's not, it's not me. Like, no, it just brought us together because honestly, it still takes two to make a child. Mm. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, I don't want you to feel as if to take on like it's your fault like no but there's other options we can figure things out and we're like we'll, we'll go from there so i didn't yeah. want him just feel as if to take that blame like because I, I if it was like me i would feel like i was the blame too but i would want him to also be able to support me with through this like no it's going to be okay yeah so if anything we came together more than separated from that whole mm-hmm. time fertility process but were you internalizing it like you I can hear you say you guys came together, but I hear you say, like, as a man, X, Y, and Z, like, yeah, I feel like, did you guys come together, but you still have these internal, like, struggles? Yeah, in, in that facet, we definitely uh, got, became a lot closer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that there were other, there were other insecurities tied to that that would manifest itself differently. So we might not be fighting about kids or something like that, but... Um, she might say the word soft or like, you know, like uh, mm-hmm. gives like some insult of soft. And I, I take it and I go way over the top with it because already in my head, I have this insecurity of I'm a broken man. I have, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So, so like trigger words. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I had a lot of trigger words. And um, so in, in that way, we had mm-hmm. like a lot of fights, I think, based off of that. So, no, we, we definitely got closer, but, um, you know, it, it led to other stuff for sure. Yeah, and I think, you know, a lot of times it's the people say like the first year, the first two years of marriage or, you know, you're this age range, like this is the hardest time to figure out in life. And here you guys are not only like at a time where it's just hard to figure out life with no without these issues. Mm. And mind you, this is the most time that we've ever spent together because we've spent so much time apart. Mm-hmm. Right. And so right off the bat, you yeah. guys get married. Now you move because you, I don't know if I'm letting the cat out of the back. You move. You moved in together after you got married. I mean, maybe you got some things situated, right? But mm-hmm. you now you move in together. Now all of these things are happening. You guys are together every day for the first time. And throughout this first year, throughout, you know, you guys are now starting to deal with all of this. Mm-hmm. And without it, it's hard, you know, like figuring out each other, learning each other. There's so much balance already to figure out. And now you add this to the mix. One of the hardest things that you'll ever go through, period. You know, like life can happen from here on out and you figure out a way to come together. Right. But as you come together on this subject, you're still you don't give up right you're still pursuing the idea of we're going to have a kid let's go down this path yeah yeah 
This expensive path. Let's go down it. This expensive. What is an expensive path? Well, at the time we were playing around with, uh, I, well, uh, was the other one IUI? We were like, okay, well, at least maybe there's a chance for IUI, which is a um, more invasive process for me, but it's way less expensive. Um, but that's when we went to the other doctor or one of the doctors. I came in with one and like, yeah, we don't even have enough of that to to take from you surgically. Um, so you know, we we can't do that. Uh, we went to a doctor that was really high regarded and um i don't remember do you remember the exact phrasing that she said about i feel like she said it was dead on arrival yeah she said mm. that my, my boys were dead on arrival. oh yeah i remember that that's that's and i'm just sitting there like god damn like what can, <laughs> we, can we uh and uh so so i go back to my urologist the one i had i had been seeing and He's like, okay, well, we have the option of uh, surgically, you know, sucking it out of you and, uh, you know, then, you know, putting it into her. We could always do it that way. Um, I don't know. And that's a more expensive process or? It becomes more expensive because um, we're still do, do, go through IVF. Yeah, we're still doing IVS plus my own procedure of extracting it surgically. So he's like, you know, it's it's there's a chance that we could, you know, miss something and then, you know, one of your uh, testicles could just not work, but they already don't work, so you know it's it's all right. Like he's saying this <laughs> yeah, stuff. He said and I'm that. Just, yes. I'm like, yo, can we? <laughs> like, jeez. What? Yeah. So there's been like no worse. Like so. Like there's been so many. Like I, I was so insecure about it because yeah. I go to doctors and I get you know. So I'm like, yeah. It, it, that their transparency feels like shade almost. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, yo, this yeah. is. You know, I'm struggling right now. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't feel like joking with you. Yes. So, um, no, that it, it felt horrible. Felt horrible. So, at what point did you guys say, okay, we're not going to continue to pursue IVF. We're going to look into other options of having our own child. Or was it different for both of you? Well, I've always wanted to adopt. Um, so for me, since like, well, if I can't do IVF, it costs way too much. And um, there may not be a chance for that anyway. So I'm going to pursue the option that I've always wanted to do is adoption. Mm. So um, we started that process, started the classes. And not to cut you off, but uh-huh. I'm going to cut you off. Okay. Because I think what we're, I think something we're missing here is you guys are what age? I'm 28. You're 28 at this point. Yes. Right? And oftentimes, like everything that I've ever known about infertility, like it's watching on either on TV or with other people that I've known, it's like mm. people in their late 30s or 40s yeah. that have waited and, yeah. you know, like, so then it's adoption is a different, I, I just feel like it's a different idea when you're 40 than when you're 28 because do you have people saying, like just you'll figure it out it'll come or like yeah no, everyone is saying you'll fi- i mean it'll, it'll, come, it'll, it'll come just just wait oh you guys are still young you've only been married for got somebody oh we were seven uh seven years into marriage before we had our kid you, you guys are fine mm. yeah and so I no want, one's like pushing us to do adoption or seek other like means of it yeah and i did want to just throw that in there because 28 in a world like mm. in my understanding of the world like and you you can correct me it just seems more a younger for someone to say like yeah let's start pursuing this avenue of adoption 
and we did several different uh, medication types to try to like stick with that same path of okay well we'll take this for three months we'll take this for six months we'll take this for, and still nothing really happened mm-hmm. and before we just said okay well let's do adoption and take classes um my cousin kind of dangled a carrot in front of us and said you know i don't know if i want to be a parent mm-hmm. she took it back but she kind of and i we had already we had talked about in high school that we you know would love to adopt a kid there's like kids out there yada yada um but you know that had kind of all fallen by the wayside right and oh then, yeah because you were also doing that court yeah um i was a guardian of a Lytum. guardian of Lytum. yeah um so what is that it's like a, a court appointed liaison between the court and the family for mm-hmm. a kid so i just act on the court's behalf to talk to the child and express whatever their benefit or whatever their desires are to the court so mm-hmm. you know they kind of have so you're in the world already yeah kind of like yeah. you're you're you understand way more than that average everyday person yeah that side of what that looks like yeah man i, I think for me i can't speak for you because you were always more mature in the process than i was i think in my head i still had um we're still going to have our own kid even though you were looking into adoption like yeah, it, we're, it was we're still st- going to happen yeah we're still going to have our own kid and i and i still have like i have voices you know my father is telling me you know um you just just take a, i'll give you a shot testosterone shot and you know it'll, it'll yeah it'll happen and so you know again i'm not really thinking about it um but we had that that dangled carrot mm-hmm. that was taken away from us but from that experience and kind of opening our minds to the idea of taking in a child that wasn't biologically ours, we then said, okay, I, I could actually, we could do this. We could, so that's, so then when we started looking at classes and stuff mm-hmm. or taking classes, I should say. Okay. Keep going with whatever you were saying 10 minutes ago. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I mean, when we started taking classes in Newark and um, our dingle carrot arrived again Mm -hmm. and we got the very last class and we studied for it was like adoption because the main courses were fostering kids. They didn't really specialize in adoption because, you know, there are a lot of kids out there who really needs a foster family just just to take them in. And there's people who are doing kinship adoption. There was someone who's the same age as us inside the class, too. And they were having some infertility issues as well and so she's actually a, a foster uh, parent she mm. has like two kids mm. and she's fostering so she's still like hoping for adoption um, but um, our last class like the day before they didn't care like hey I don't want to be a mother anymore I don't want to do this mm. I was like alright we've heard this before we're not doing this just go, go away mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and she was persistent she's like no 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 um, so I communicated to her. I said, you said this before, unless you tell me the exact words, I do not want to be a mother. Mm-hmm. Then, then we're not, we're not having this conversation. Mm-hmm. And this is somebody that, like you said, this is your cousin, but this is a child that has been with you since birth every mm-hmm. weekend, yes. uh, you know, yeah. almost like days at a time, mm-hmm. right? Like we knew him, like he was integrated into our family dynamic already yeah right? mm-hmm. like he was coming to family cookouts coming to stuff 
He was your yeah. nephew. Yeah. Or what is it? Cousin? cousin. Oh, your nephew cousin. That's what nephew it was. Cousin. Yeah, we were called nephew cousin back then. <laughs> we got we got a whole messed up situation. <laughs> Sister cousin, nephew, Blended. auntie cousin, blend. Yeah, I don't have yeah. none of those. I don't have any of those things. So um, we count count those as wins. But it isn't just like, so now you're 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 pursuing these adoption classes with the idea. I remember having a conversation with you once. You're like, yeah, I don't really know. Like, we just get what we get. Like, what if we just get a little white boy? And yeah, because I was—I really thought we were just going to uh, foster we're a kid. In Newark. They're going to assign you somebody around your age range that you're looking for. But that's all I'm thinking is, you know, I, who knows? <laughs> yeah. Like we, you could, you could say what your preference is, but there's no guarantee. It's yeah, like, absolutely. Not. Nope. They said all we have are white kids. If you want a black kid. It's not a good chance you get one. Yeah. So, yeah, you she still, say you that. still want to stay? And that's because <laughs> you were in new. Like, I mean, it is is my understanding in Franklin County, m- the majority of kids are black boys yep. that need to be adopted. Yep. But it's more difficult to get into the mix in Franklin County or what was it that you guys went to Newark? I think because we were getting, uh, well, yes. And they didn't, they didn't offer classes. The closest mm-hmm. one that did offer, uh, this, this training was looking County because Franklin County is just too big. They can't possibly host these trainings to people. So they kind of outsource it to different counties. Mm. So and it was free. Yes. Mm. Mm. I yeah. didn't think that yeah, I meant it cost. It, yeah. So, boom, you guys are pursuing this, and you're like, oh, my God, what if it's just a little white boy, and I got to teach him about black man, culture? And man, I was praying. I'm like, just can you just, just work on my heart to <laughs> accept? Help me. I'm telling myself, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And you definitely expressed that to me. Yeah, like, yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But it doesn't mean it's not going to be difficult. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's hard for... It's hard for someone of your own culture to understand yeah. your culture sometimes, let alone someone of a different ethnicity or race coming to your family yeah. and immediately from day one know that they're different, period, no matter what. You know, yeah. they're, um, and then add on, like, yeah, that's just a lot. Um, but it's like that, boom. And you're like, okay, like, Literally we don't have before. to continue this class. We're, we're, you're almost done, right? So she right said the words. The last class. She right said before, the words. Yeah, she mm-hmm. said the words. We had a long conversation. She said those words, um, and I I talked it with over with Keila because ultimately, because we were really hurt the first time that it happened mm-hmm. um, earlier that year, I think in January of last year. It it was mentioned, and of course, again, insecure. We're already having these issues. We have the prospect of taking in a child that we already know and we already love. Yeah. And we would love to take the opportunity opportunity to uh, have in our household. And then she takes it back like just overnight. Yeah. So we had I had closed myself off to it. And I know Keila did because that caused kind of friction. So. So say it wasn't just that one time. It doesn't just take that one time to close off to a person just from the beginning of his life. It has been. I think you got to be better, better parents than me. Mm-hmm. Do you want him? So if anything happened, would you take him? Here's your real mom and dad. Like he, like she would tell this to him. Like mm-hmm. these are these are your real parents. And then she disappear at points of a time when we were all together. So it's just like, okay, well, 
So if you got anything happened, do you guys would you want them? Would you want right. them? So she did. She, yeah, I do remember that now. Yeah, and it definitely. I think from our perspective, I don't think we ever didn't think you guys wouldn't end up with them. Just the way that we would hear those mm-hmm. things, and I just don't know that we. I thought it was going to be more similar to Tanisha's situation that we like before we knew about infertility before we knew about any of that it's like i mean yeah there's a good chance that they have this kid on top of whatever else they got going on right um but very much more like you are parenting him as as his mom is figuring out life more like what you know tanisha had been through and and we haven't talked about that i think a lot on the podcast and there the journey of just like so i will say this is what i will say because i don't i don't think i can't speak to how it affected me i can only speak to how it affected me once i was there versus how i got there Mm -hmm. um but when keila did introduce um the conversation of Jackson being adopted by you guys, I was fearful. And you guys know that I was very transparent about that just because I knew that she was still going to be present. And I knew what that did to me. Um, And we've had multiple conversations about that. And I was very like, Akilah, are you equipped to be able to have these conversations with her? How do you feel navigating the fact that he may see her somewhere and she may pull him aside and say something that you've not been prepared for her to say. Um, And because that happened to me and it was, and I remember we were, what was it like a couple months ago we were at the table and we were talking about um, the first interaction that they had and how that affected Mm. him. And Mm -hmm. I was like, Mm -hmm. I remember having that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was like, to the point where mom said she could never see me again. Mm -hmm. And you, though we were living together, you Mm -hmm. were like, I never remember that happening. Mm -hmm. Um, And because, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say for background context, you, you know, you introduced Keila as your sister cousin. Right. You had been taken in. At age. So I was taken in. I was so I was never adopted, but I was um, kinship care at that time back in the 80s. Um, you could be kinship care until you were 18. Like they never had to adopt you. Um, so I was kinship care from the age of seven to 18. Um, and Keela was my Keela's my cousin but because I was raised by her parents who her mom is my biological mother's sister um we became sisters because they they took me in so um though the relationship is similar Jackson was adopted so there's a different level of type of ownership that they have like because he's yours like he is yours 100 Mm percent um so you kind of well not kind of you don't have to worry about anything at this point Mm -hmm. 
and how gratif how I don't wanna say how much of a blessing is that for you? Oh, it's a great blessing. It's like because honestly, I couldn't the, the back and forth type stuff mm-hmm. and then just being a little more secure within my role mm-hmm. once the adoption was like finalized and when he had put this the carrot in her mm-hmm. place because she because in our minds like we thought that okay so after six months maybe start having like see her a little or talk a little bit more mm-hmm. and it's just like after him being with us for six months like this is not it's not the time yeah we, we can't it's not the time after everything no and like she wasn't accepting of it and even today it's just like you're not coming around our child mm-hmm. you can't respect who we are in his life mm-hmm. so if you can't respect us I'm sorry, because this, this, he's our child. Yeah. So after that, like, I, I'm, I'm good. It's nice. Yeah, and just to, we'll rewind and fast forward just a little bit, but all of that happened, you go through, I, we don't have to go into all of the details, all of the, everything you guys had to go through, but it was, there were a lot of hoops and a lot of, a lot of work. You know, we have a lot of kids out here that need parents that need families that we have a lot of people and a lot of parents that want to take in kids but it's not easy and all of that there's a reason for that you know we I'm sure you guys can speak to the reason why somebody just can't be like yeah I'll adopt this kid like it's 2020 we know human trafficking is a thing we know we know what people do to kids like all of those safeguards are in place for a reason but it doesn't mean it wasn't difficult for you to get from point A to point B with a kid that you had already raised from Friday, Saturday and Sunday every year of his life. Right. So boom, hooray, hooray. Adoption happens. You guys are officially like during COVID sign a, a real paper, a fake, a, a screen. You just yeah, do whatever. Right. Verbal signature. A verbal signature. Yeah. The adoption happens, and so I, I guess I just wanted to fill in that gap from point A to point W of how long it took to to get to that point. When it happened, uh, what were what was that feeling? What what was that like for you guys? For everything that you have discussed for the past sixty minutes of you know, meeting each other, being in a relationship, going through these difficult times, infertility, carrots dangled, carrots taken away, adoption classes, all of the work to put fire escape plans up in your house and uh, ladders from your second story window, like mm-hmm. home remodels, like all of that. Outlet covers and every outlet <laughs> and no kids going to touch your outlet is just people coming every six months to check your house to see if things okay let me see the kids room let me run your water just for five minutes to see if it's hot yeah it just it's a very invasive process and asking you about your life and how you feel about stuff and yeah good thing you had already figured out how to be open with people before right, that man. Huh? yeah yeah there would have been red flags but um jackson made us a family and we knew that we wanted to protect him, and the only way that we could do that is to make sure that he knew that he had a home mm-hmm. and to make a home for him. And a part of that was um, to kind of take away, you can't completely take away any kid's fear of something, but we saw that there was a clear issue with um, 
the carrot's presence. So we're like, okay, well, we need to, at least for right now, separate that. And from a emotional standpoint, I won't lie, was hard for me mm-hmm. because I love Jackson, but I also love that carrot. Mm-hmm. And his so, mom. We can, the, yeah. the biological his mom. biological mom. I, yeah, I, and I also love his bio mom. And uh, for for me, emotionally, um, in a legal sense, yes, there's nothing that bio mom can do. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had two barriers that bef- that protected me before that bio mom could get to me. Mm-hmm. And both of those barriers passed away. Mm-hmm. And so from a legal sense, I'm, I'm, I'm gratified. I, I don't ever have to look over my shoulder and wonder... You know, we'll have brand new birth certificates, but there's always going to be for me like a lingering presence of um, I know she's out there and I know that she's hurting in some form or fashion. And who knows? She might just show up one day. Yeah. And that that for me has been kind of frightening. So I'm not all the way at peace. Right. But. And that's the that's the difference. And even what Tanisha was talking about, that. The difference is that you're adopted and you don't have to worry. Like there are things you don't have to worry about legally, but some of the things that you still dealt with could potentially still be present in their lives in the foreseeable future, in the Mm -hmm. distant future, what have you. And I guess my question for you is what did that look like for you? Is there anything that any not advice, but just like information you can shed light on. Like, what does that look like when everything is going great and, you know, your biological mom shows back up into the picture? So for me, I won't say everything was going, wasn't going great, but that chapter was never closed because I was never adopted. And you were older. So there was the, but regardless, I was never adopted. So there was always that glimpse of hope that she may come back Mm. Um, where, and she was always not, she was always present, but not engaged. Like I would see her at church, you know, Mm -hmm. at church or see her at my grandmother's house. Um, So she was around, but there was never any like investment Mm -hmm in regaining custody so Hmm. it was very much an open a it was most likely like i would depict it as a hopeless romantic Hmm. because um until i turned 18 was i able to say at this point my aunt and uncle Treve and Kai are actually my biological, my, not my biological mom and dad, but are my mom and dad. And that took you until you were and 18. And it took me until I was 18. Wow. Because, and, yeah. And I knew that. Um, Everything I, it was always on Treve and Uncle Kai. Like, right. that's the relationship that you had. And I think, and it, and I remember, like, that was a big deal for you to start calling them mom and dad. It like, was a big deal for, for them, them, too. Yeah. I mean, we've had, we had conversations about it. And, um, I'm very close to my biological dad, but I didn't get a relationship with him until I was 25. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we call him Padre. And my dad knows um, that I call my biological Padre and I call 
my uncle dad like in and padre no one else can figure it out yeah but they but padre <laughs> even, respects that even family members right yeah i know um and we've had conversations about it and we've had dialogue about it and he's been open and transparent in the life events that occurred prior to me and during and so i mean you know it's just that was why I was so fearful for you all. But I think that, again, something that I told you that Jackson has that I I did not have. And don't get me wrong, it wasn't a situation where I don't ever think that they wouldn't have adopted me. Mm-hmm. But by them not, it provided me with other advantages as an adult. Um, so I was happy to hear, you know, like I was... I was trying to get to the Zoom meeting for court because I wanted to be a pre- I wanted to be a part so bad, because um, I know what that will mean to him when he gets older. You know, like it's yeah. just it's great. Yeah, and yeah, not only not only did he gain. You know, and I think, you know, me and Alex have talked about this. Not only did he gain a mom and dad, mm-hmm. like he gained a family. He gained mm-hmm. cousins. He gained things that Alex nor I really didn't have growing up. He gained grandparents who are present. He gained, you know, all of these things that we has watched on Fresh Prince yeah. <laughs> or Boy Meets World or I don't know Spongebob I don't does Spongebob have parents I never watch Spongebob um but now but he all of those things now and what does that mean for you or have you guys had those conversations of that it's it's more than like yes we have this family but uh, in our immediate family but how cool is it now for him to have more than that it, I mean it means the world to me um I mean I won't lie that I still struggle with my own insecurities but I almost feel like I feel so honored to be able to bring him to a space where he has dependable people in his life that I couldn't always say he always had mm-hmm. and you know I, I look so forward to the future and, and seeing him grow up with these people and it it means the world to me, you know? Um, and I think one of the, one of the myths was, um, with adoption is that everyone in your family accepts it. Mm. And that has been far from the truth, at least as it pertains from some of my biological family members, Mm. um, that don't accept him as my son and don't accept him as their grandson. Wow. And so then I look at, you know, my family, that I married into and without even question Mm -hmm. it was immediate right okay that's your son that's that's our family member Mm -hmm. and I'm I'm just I'm I'm honored for that to to have that I also wonder too if that's because we're so (laughs) we're so enmeshed Jesus (laughs) like you know we're just we got kids all over (laughs) Well, I think it's not, I think it's because, I think part, partially because it's not, it's not, it's a new thing, but you introduced like the the family to this, 
this other side of like your mom and dad raised a whole child that was not that theirs. was not theirs for yeah. 11 years and walked someone and, down the aisle that was not theirs right gave and, them away. yeah and even before you were seven were very present in your life mm-hmm. because they wouldn't have just taken you in if they weren't right like so for how many years had they poured in and invested in you and been present for you mm-hmm. and everyone else around saw that mm-hmm. Keila saw that for her entire life mm-hmm. you know or how old were you four when she no, came her, or yeah. Yeah. her entire life her entire life like you saw that your entire life like Tanisha you're and you knew like you didn't call Keila's sister like right no, I don't know. Like y'all didn't, y'all probably. I mean, for me, didn't. like I, I, I even today, I can't say cousins. Yeah, right. I, I can't. I can't yeah. say cousin, sister, cousin. I, I can't. Right. Y'all are like, sisters, but like for your whole life, it was it was completely known that she was not your sister. You knew that. Yeah. But you accepted her as your sister, right? Like it was com- Imani. Your Y'all's younger sister is completely known that you are not biological sisters, but caught everyone accepted you as that. So this is more of a normative, like it's almost like the most perfect situation Mm -hmm. for, for us, you know, Mm -hmm. completely. Cause, and I think the reason why I've had some kickback on, uh, on on my father's side they didn't have that same experience. Actually, they, they had a similar experience, but it went in a different direction. Mm. Um, there wasn't that close-knit with a uh, an aunt that became a mom and an uncle that became a dad. Mm-hmm. That didn't happen. So in their experiences, this isn't going to turn out right. Right. So yeah, I, th- I think you're right. It was completely, this family was molded just well enough to accept Jackson in as as her own and Oh, I love Jackson. Right. Auntie Tanisha. Auntie I Tanisha. Love him. I love him. Oh my oh, gosh. Because there's just something, you know, it's just, it's something about him that feels like he belongs. I can't describe it. It's just something about him that I just adore and I, he belongs to us. Like, yeah. So now I think the the last piece, because what this is all about is it's about telling our stories, telling your stories to make an impact. You know, Kevin and Tanisha Mix It Up is our whole channel, our whole podcast, whatever it is that we do, I think in our personal lives, in our professional lives, in this creative stuff, it, it's about making a positive impact on on others and through transparency because Tanisha's super transparent. I'm very transparent. You guys come on here and everybody else has come on here has been transparent in attempt to shed some light on whatever anybody's going through in attempt to, you know, for somebody listening to say, I can relate to that or wow, I never thought about that. Wow, I didn't know people my age went through this. They're just like me, whatever. Yeah. Or marriages can manage this, you know? Yeah. Like, like if, we can get through this. If, yeah, 
if you have the the desire to do so. I think what do you say? What do you say to an audience of people that, you know, you don't know, be it that they connect with your story or that they don't? I would say that I've always subscribed that they're or subscribe to a natural order to things. Yet everything in my life challenged that. Mm. And I could either fight it and just have issues all the time, or I could learn to accept it and learn from it. And a part of ignorance is being able to entertain different ideas that you didn't necessarily think were possible. Mm. So entertain anything that you can challenge what you think is the only way. It's not, it's not black and white. It's, there's just so many colors in there. So that would be my advice to anybody is to learn from what is happening because man, you could just live in ignorance or you could, you could learn, learn from it. I guess for myself is just transparency, mm. honestly. Um, mm. cause like a lot of times within this world, we just try to hold on to so much stuff and be put on this facade, like everything's okay, but it's not. And there's so much mental like illnesses, illnesses, illnesses mm-hmm. got that out probably that's going on <laughs> and and it's just like if i didn't say anything i don't know where i'll be yeah. at this moment because mm-hmm. like i was losing it because yeah. i was like really depressed and losing it and like i like i really i thank god so much just 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 to desire like okay thank you for this situation you put me through mm. because it taught me that there's people out there who's just like me yeah. who can mm-hmm. also hear my story. Cause I've met some people um, from my small group. Yeah. She, she had knew someone who had our same exact story, but they went through a, a sperm donor to start their family. So like I was grateful for that experience. And then just the messages at that time, um, it's like, um, it's, we said like Philippians. So I was yeah. like the, the strength and all that. And that we have all these situations and it just spoke volumes to what I needed to be within my life mm-hmm. and just to be just accept and have that unshakable find that unshakable joy that's what mm-hmm. it was is to find that because life it, it happens everything happens bad thing happens but trying to find the good within every moment that of every day mm-hmm. and hold on to that so it just really be transparent find that person that is your person or if not seek help to from someone to yeah. get that mm-hmm. help because don't hold on to like the biggest stuff or even like the small things because it, it builds up. Builds up. Yeah, and what I've hold, held on to, uh, when I told you guys about it, I think we were at Brew Dogs, and um, I, I don't know if I think it was you that said it, but, um, you know, thank you for telling us because now we know how we can help you. Now we know what to pray mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. because otherwise, if we don't know what you're struggling with, how can we, how can we help you? So, yeah, you're right. Transparency. Mm-hmm. Be open. Be honest with yourself and with, with your partner for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, I mean, that's, you can say that and we can say that and it, it's a learned, for a lot of people, like, it is definitely a learned thing and um, it takes, it takes hard times in relationships to make them what they are, I think, and, um, and sometimes, like, those hard times are clear, clear signs that, you know, maybe this isn't what we want it to be like Mm -hmm. maybe we this doesn't work for us and um and decisions have to be made but sometimes those same hard situations for other people are the things that bring them closer together like you guys 
um, like situations that we've had um, that start to propel life forward. And, you know, now it's going to be, you know, you're still going to face these situations that were because life is difficult. Like all things in life, like your son's probably going to beat somebody up one day or get beat up one day. Like that's going to be really hard. And you're not going to be in that moment. Like, let me just look back to the time that was the hardest point when I was 27 years old or 24, you know, yeah. whatever. But um, it's still preparing us for moments like that later in life. Cause we're going to deal with those situations differently, having been through some things and worked through some things together and not just by ourselves. Completely agree. I mean, I also, I think too, one of the things I think that may go unnoticed, but has so much value is just in your transparency. It all began with being honest about how you feel, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like you continue to say it's something that I'm still struggling with. That's honesty. And that in that honesty, you're able to then continue your narrative and grow. Mm-hmm. Um, so for for people in the audience that may be like, well, how do you even start? Start by being honest about how you feel. You said once you started being honest, you were able to gain support and be able to manage where you were at each phase of this process. So, and I think that will also help in being honest. I think that will also help you acknowledge or recognize who your support group is mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I was honest with a lot of people that I quickly found out oh, they ain't here for the long haul. Mm-hmm. So definitely That's start good. there. It's good. Well, I just want to commend my sister for being able to be on our podcast. I've been trying to get her on here for the last, what, five weeks. And she has been saying, I don't mm-hmm. know if I can do it. I don't know if I can do it. Mm-hmm. And she did a phenomenal job. No, oh, thank you. Thank you. You did. You definitely did. Well, thank you guys for coming out and sharing your story and um, doing a phenomenal job. Well, sure. Well, everyone podcast. else on your podcast has always come in and, and given you that praise. So I can't let this moment <laughs> go by without doing that. What? Uh, no, no. And I, mm-hmm. I was very... I directed that at you two because we've always been able to come to you with whatever. Call you late at night. Hey, this just happened. What what do we do? Mm-hmm. Um, whenever we have an issue, we know who we want to go to first. So um, everything about this process, as long as it's been, as trying as it's been, um, I feel like, I mean, obviously with, with God, but yes. a part of that has only been possible because we had you two to rely on through mm-hmm. all of it. So. Thank you too. Thank you. No, yeah, thank you. And that's the the beauty of it is like, yeah, we we had to a lot of times figure it out and you guys figure some things out and there's going to be people coming to you. You mm-hmm. know, like and what we're doing um is building um further furthering adding to a foundation mm-hmm. um and creating creating this family for our kids to grow up in and for our kids to not struggle with transparency or not, um, you know, 
like we're trying to remove roadblocks mm-hmm. for for our kids and if they see us communicating effectively with each other with our sisters brother-in-laws you know cousins grandpas whatever like mm-hmm. the more they see us communicating effectively the more our family is you know continues to grow and continues to thrive so yeah yeah let's keep let's keep to it so again thanks for being here thank you guys and um please like please subscribe uh rate give us a rating um definitely uh if you haven't heard the other podcast or checked out any of the other videos uh check us out on youtube kevin and tenisha mix it up on all the podcast uh, streaming apps and uh, let us know what you think Let's start a dialogue. Uh, We'd love to do that. We'll see you all next time. And by see you, I mean we won't ever see you (laughs) unless you're on the podcast. Bye.